Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is a holiday in the U.S. It's the Martin Luther King Day who said, the truth shall set you free. Do you guys remember that? Quoting the Bible. And today on this chilly, chilly morning in Southern California, we don't get many of them, so I'm so excited to have them. Um, I am just getting into the chat right now, but it's telling me that there's a server error, so I can't get into it. So we'll just have to wait on that. So if you don't see me in the chat, I'm here. And good morning, guys. So today's show, it's one I honestly, I couldn't wait to talk about it. How to recognize our purest intention. You know, people talk about intentions and it's hard to be pure and whatever, you know, we've standard, we've set. How we look at God and what we think. God wants. And we speak for God. God would never love me, care about me, because God knows what I'm really thinking. Not what I'm saying, not what I'm doing, but what I am really thinking. And we feel guilty for our thoughts. When we start thinking like that, we begin to isolate ourselves because we think we're hiding something. And so today's show, I just wanted to tell you that we're going to go through the entire gamut of feelings before we make a decision. We're going to go through the scenario of what if we did do this. Or what if people caught us? Or what if people knew what I really wanted, my real intentions? And then we feel bad for them. But all that Christ had said to me was, we don't need to impress others, if we haven't understood how to impress, meaning press into yourself, what you're trying to show. If you're trying to show that you are a good person, and just be a good person to yourself. You know, we think of all of this ugly we put on ourselves. I'm being selfish. I don't care if I hurt people. If you really don't care if you hurt people, Your biggest question is to say to yourself, 
I must be hurt or I could never, ever say that. If you're rude and you're disrespectful to others, you have to say to yourself, why am I rude and disrespect myself? We have come a long way. We have evolved beyond where we thought we would be. I know since the day I saw Christ on April 11, 2002, I will never forget how I knew no matter what I ever did from now on, I was conscious and aware of the fact that God will see everything I do. But I was also conscious and aware of the fact that he did see already everything I already did and had done. And he still loves me. He got it can't speak for him, but I can tell you what he says to me, or what Christ says to me. It's not like God made you stubborn, or God made you not perfect, or God made you so strong-willed you don't listen to anyone at times. Your soul came here to push and pull those buttons. And we're going to have thoughts and ideas that may not be great. But instead of dumping them on others and hurting others, you have to ask yourself, we have to ask ourselves. We have to. Why Do I have the capacity to accept that, to do that, to be that, to want that? Those are your questions. Our intentions, what do I want back from this? Great filter question. Why do I feel I need to do this for love? Am I being selfish? Not in a good way, but am I wanting what I want no matter what I have to take out or do? Do I have to steal to do this? I already know that's not okay. But why am I willing to do that? Why am I entertaining that idea? Because what happens is, Our intentions will take us to a step two, step three, step four, step five until we do what it is we think we want to do or what we need back from what we think that we want to do. I know that sounds like one of those run-on sentences. But that sometimes all we can see is the end, what we're going to be like once we get what we want. But our ego doesn't give us room to think about how we will exit our grand scheme 
if we don't get what we want, and that's why people get angry. We get mad, we get angry, we throw things, we blame people when we don't get what we want because what we wanted wasn't for the right reason. Really think about that. It was supposed to deliver. It was supposed to give you what you wanted. It was supposed to be everything you needed it to be. So then you go back and say, why did I really want that? What did I want from it? What did I want it to do for me? Why did I want it? And then you start to see glimpses of how your intentions may not have even really been what you wanted. You may realize, God, I didn't want that anyway. Why was I fighting for it? That's a big question. So, of course, I always ask, even though Christ has told me so much already, I always ask because the more I know, the deeper the answers are. If we're talking about ego, if we're talking about love, if we're talking about God, because all of those things, even though we're so familiar with ego, it still gets us. It's not like it doesn't get us. And we see it all around us. We see it in others. We see it everywhere. Because part of our learning, generation after generation after generation, is dealing with ego at this time in our history where things are the way they are. And right now in our history, we're like going at super speed. We're galloping through life. We're pressing buttons and getting worlds of information that we'd have to spend a day in the library for and not even get a fraction of that information. We're interacting with people in Germany, Spain, Ireland, when you live in America on a daily basis. So imagine Imagine the beauty of being able to ask ourselves these questions in a time when we are this aware, how deep the answers can be. We talk about intentions now. I never heard the word except from my mom in Arabic when we were younger. What is your intention? Or we say to each other, I trust your intentions. Or we may say to each other, I don't trust your intentions. And then we don't make the deal. We don't do what it is we should be doing or think we should be doing. So what did Christ say? And I thought, if that got any easier, I would have been more embarrassed. But he basically said, do what we know. We know, every single one of us knows the difference between right and wrong. And if we don't know that, then there's something else going on. But for the average human being that's running around this earth, because there's always going to be the two sides of the pendulum, 
But for the average human being, we already know a lot. Even when a young child who is two, three, four, before they even get into the, you want to say the formative years, when they lie, they know that that wasn't okay. They actually know. They've had studies of just the way their eyes look, the way they, they know they're going to get in trouble is what they actually know. So what they do is that survival instinct comes in and they want to protect themselves because their intention isn't to lie. It is to protect themselves. And if parents are more aware of that, then they can teach the child that you don't have to say that to protect yourself if you can tell me what it is, no, what really happened, and then not freak out on them for lying. Because they don't know yet how to deal with that emotion of fright or flight when it comes to getting in trouble. And they can tell by the sound of your voice that what they did wasn't okay. When we are older, we are able to mask or try to mask all of those different ways that really tell on us, that tell the world, hey, you know, (laughs) they're lying. Because when they're young, they'll tell you something so ridiculous. I heard the expression, and um, I can't remember where I heard it. Oh, it was during... um, a trial, an interrogation they did of a father who killed his family. And the investigator said to him, yeah, the kid's standing there with the crayon in their hand, and they tell you they just didn't color the wall. Because they're they're so new at it that they can't even stop themselves from trying to save themselves. But if you say, but honey, you have a crayon in your hand and the wall is colored with the same crayon. So I think you did it. Do you think you did it? Instead of them getting their hand slapped, thrown in a corner, put into timeout, whatever it is that tries to teach them, maybe I'll try to do that better next time. Adults, I didn't do that. No, I wasn't smoking in this room and it smells like smoke. I only got that bad grade because, well, you got the, the grade is right there. But when we start spinning plates around each other, we know that that isn't okay. So how would a pure intent deal with that? A great filter question is, who am I really hurting here? Looks like I'm hurting others by lying to them and not being truthful and honest. But ultimately, who am I really hurting? Well, you know the answer to that too. It's you. If you are a person who accepts yourself to lie, and for that to be your representation of who you are, that is only going to hurt you. The people that you lie to are going to come and go. 
every single one of them are going to come and they are going to go. And the family, if you have family that you're lying to, there will always be conflict. Unless all of you lie, all of you accept it so that you don't have to deal with each other. But who am I really hurting? Because the way Christ said it was doing hurtful choices to ourselves is the only way we will do that to others. So as I've gotten to know Christ and I get a challenge, and then there's always going to be a challenge. I don't care where we're at. That is going to make us think twice or pause. Like, hey, what am I really thinking here? And it only comes in on something we're vulnerable to. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the issue of deciding. Like, wow, I, I really wanted that man to love me. And now he does. But I'm not in a position to do anything about it. But maybe I could and nobody will know. doesn't matter who knows. Who doesn't matter that you know? You. I've heard men come to me who said that same thing. Women come to me that say the same thing, that temptation, the thing they thought would never show up at their door, and it does. And at first, because their feelings are so heavily involved, They can't see anything but it because the ego keeps showing them how great it will be and how nobody will ever know. But thank God those people along the way called me, wanted to take an appointment when I was doing appointments, needed to confess in their own way their worst thoughts of hurting themselves. It wasn't about yet getting to hurting others because they already knew, just like Christ said, doing what we already know. They already knew that this was going to take them off the beaten path that they are on. But the other learning in it is how susceptible we were or are to an idea like that showing up at our door. Because that excitement, that adrenaline, that dopamine, that whatever it is that comes along with being attracted, that's the hardest thing to take away. People in politics, people in business, what takes them down that biggest vulnerability? And it's never, ever ever, never about the sex. Never. That's the carrot. But for whatever reason, inside, when we get attracted, it's like you just tasted a new version. Chocolate cake or a great feeling or or that high that makes you feel lighter than air. But if somebody's already with 
someone that they felt that with. What is the teacher there? How do you recognize your your purest intent? You say, hey, I felt this before. It makes me feel great that I can still feel that. But there's nothing I would want to do with it instead of deciding how you were going to do something with it. But if you speak that to yourself, because you know what you already know, look, I felt that at the beginning before. And if I feel that again now, wow, I'm still alive. And one day I'll feel about that person the way I feel about the person I'm with, that I'm really happy to be there. And it's not that the fireworks are gone. I'm just used to them. Instead of I'm not feeling fireworks anymore in that relationship. And wow, this is crazy. People have killed and annihilated their entire families because they took the first step to take action onto something they already knew was not okay. And when they go back and interview these people who've taken ego to the extreme of completely wiping out their own families because they listened to something they already knew was not okay, and they did hurt themselves because that's who they were really hurting, they killed their family, their family's back home, and now they're left here having to talk about what they've done in jail or otherwise. There's no way we can't. Now that will identify us for the rest of our lives and might as well have hijacked the duration of our lifetime. Because if we listen to the voice that knows better, we will do better. Maya Angelou said, once you know better, do better. My favorite quote. One of them. But when you say, who am I really hurting? It's yourself. The other people are going to come and go. You're going to be the one that's there. So if each individual cannot recognize and act on their own purest of intents, because none of us are perfect, but if we can act on it, we will propel, love propels. Even if you may not understand everything, nobody knows everything. But you do know your best enough to take on this very day. But if we listen to what hurts our choices, hurts us, then that will propel. Because Christ said, Positive begets positive and negative begets negative. When you can look at the things that Christ is saying in a non-religious tone, it's unbelievable how clear the commonalities of all religions are and how clear that God is not a religion. We just, religions are ways of life. When people quote to me the Bible or the Quran or the the Kabbalah, 
or even things from Buddhism, which isn't even God-based, I say, wow, they're all saying the same thing. Why do we have to call it something different? Why does one have to be better than the other? Why does one take you to God? Because I, I was raised that we were the only ones going. And I walked in other churches that said they were the only ones going to heaven. And it was a lot of shame attached to any decision you made that wasn't, in quotes, pure. And so what happened was that human element of knowing deep down inside that God can hear us, that guilt that made us feel less important than other people. That's where that starts. Because we know that those thoughts may look like they're private into ourselves, but we also are hardwired to the truth and to where we came from. So even on an unconscious level, it's like, well, I can't be that great because look at what I thought. But it's important that you think those things because that gives greater weight to your decisions one way or the other. So if you do something, you make a decision, like let's say a man goes into work and he meets a woman and he decides he's going to try to perpetuate and hide and do that whole thing, he's going to end up with a big problem on his hands. But if that same man walked into work and saw that and said, oh, wow, if I were in a different situation, this would be great, but it's not great for my life right now. But I love that I can still feel vital. And I'll take that vitality and share it with my family instead of creating another situation that will hurt my family. He will go home that day and he will feel like, wow, this is my family. They mean a lot to me. I make decisions that don't hurt me because if they hurt me, it will end up hurting them. The correlation, the simplicity in being able to see that saves him from dragging his feet help his family, to be with his family, from hanging his head in an internal, personal shame, and then start picking on his family because kind of they're in his way now. How is he going to go about being with a whole nother person and a whole nother life and he still has to show up every day at his old life? Or he looks at them that they are worth being with. Negative begets negative, positive begets positive. Over and over again, you got to ask yourself, am I going to be the one person on the face of this earth who turns something that I know isn't in my best interest or my surroundings' best interest? I know it but I've made a choice to do it anyway? Am I going to be the one person that this works out for? 
the truth will always rise to the top. One way or another, one day or another, the truth will rise because it has nowhere else to go but the top. There isn't like different levels of truth. There's only one truth. Lying, there's hundreds of them easily. And a lot of times we forget our lies, so we we create a bigger lie. But the freedom in self-confessing, the freedom in acceptance of every thought so that you can make a decision that you can stand by, the freedom in understanding that God is your partner, not your judge, not your punisher, that he already loves you, that you, you could not have thoughts that were not possible, but the choices are what's possible. You can live in your purest of intent. And you can understand that being pure doesn't mean being perfect. It's just your version of your best perfection for that day. Because the one thing Christ says over and over and over again is that perfection is love. Anything, anyone we love is perfect to us. And they are the motivation to continue to do the things we do. You guys have a happy Monday. Enjoy this beautiful day. I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.